Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. It's day one, isn't it, of cabin fever. Hello, welcome. Uh, it's our new Great Big Owl podcast that we'll be doing every day. Uh, she'll be with you every morning during our isolation period, which might last how long, Tom Price? Six and a half years. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> uh, Tom Price there. I'm Dave Cribb. Uh, this podcast will be hosted by a variety of the Great Big Owl family. It will talk to other Great Big Owl stable mates. Is that a word? Coop friends. Part of the cooperative, maybe? Could we have used that? Is that? Barn uh, colleagues. Yeah, yeah. They've shut the bars, but this barn is open. I mean, something like that. Yeah, that's fine, isn't it? Um, So, uh, welcome. This is the first proper episode. Uh, If you haven't listened already, there is a trailer slash pilot on the the podcast. Which may well be as good as it gets, to be honest. That might peak. That might be us at our best. We'll see. Hopefully not, because I think we've got a lot of episodes of this to do. All I was going to say is it's not necessary to listen. But if you did want to listen to the last at least two or three minutes, it will explain why our Twitter handle is so <laughs> shit. Our Twitter handle is not at so shit, just to be clear. The Twitter handle at so shit is already taken. Well, basically, I made a Twitter account um, on the spur of the moment while we were doing our pilot slash trailer. And I didn't realise that you had to be a bit more specific and that you shouldn't just take what Twitter hands you when it comes to Twitter handles. Otherwise, uh, Dave Cribb, you end up with the Twitter handle, <clears throat> which goes a little bit like this. <laughs> Cabin F-E-A-3709 Oh, 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 Cabin F-E-A-3709 Oh, 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 Cabin F-E-A-3709 Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name Dave! Oh, my God! There you go. That is amazing. That's the jingle for the morning. So this what is, is it? Cabin what happens a- Cabin F-E-A-3709 F-E Oh, what is it, Dave? Um... Cabin F-E-A-3709 Oh, 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 Cabin F-E-A-3709 Oh, Cabin F-E-A-3709 Now, so the the jingle comes with a point of order that the O-O-O's, which sound like I'm just going, O-O-O, are actually part of the Twitter name. Yes. It's cabin F-E-83709, O-O-O. Cabin F-E-83709, O-O-O. Yes. There you go. So anyway, so... From here on in, yeah, you can get in touch by that very unhandy, yet now catchily memorable Twitter handle, CabinFE8370900. Yes, and you can answer all the questions that we're going to be asking over the course of the podcast and basically join in, because if there's one thing that we need to scream around the planet during this odd time, it's join in, right, guys? We're all alone, but let's join in. Yes, we are all in this together, etc., etc., yada, yada. You are, oh, well, we're all in this together, unless you're Ant Middleton. That's, he's the only person yes. who's... Who's not in this together? Okay, should we start? To, should we start by talking about Ant Middleton today? Then, um, please. Oh my days! So, what on earth was he thinking? Ant Middleton, um, traveling the world. I think he was in New Zealand, and he starts posting all these videos up, 
almost calling Corona out for a fight. That seemed to be the vibe. Yeah, come and have a go. You won't get me type vibes, wasn't it? Yeah, because I'm I'm fit and I'm healthy. So Corona, it's not it's does it's not my problem. It's not going to get me. It was akin to. Did you see Godfrey Bloom's tweet a couple of days ago? Oh yes, the mad M, former MEP that you know he was on. Have I got any to you once? And everyone's like, oh god, he's like even worse than all of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted something like, oh, we, d- we didn't close the pubs during the Blitz, so <laughs> why would we bother now? What's our country come to now? Or something like that. Yeah. And it was just a stream of people explaining to him why a potential bomb threat that was alerted by a siren was, in fact, different yeah. to a sort of plague-style virus. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's, it's just worth pointing out how a virus is different to bombs to the falling Nazis. out of the sky. It's different to the Nazis. It's different to the Nazis. It is extraordinary. And also, Godfrey Bloom doing that really annoying thing of sort of trying to claim, because he's over the age of 50, that somehow the Second World War is his, even though he was born, I believe, in 1948. Uh, so the Blitz was eight right. years, technically, uh, before he was even in existence. The other the other person, so we've had Ant Middleton, we've had Godfrey Bloom. Um, Ant Middleton, by the way, uh, the highlight of his video for me was saying, honestly, everyone's panic buying, people are running for the hills. Uh, and he was recording this. In some mountains. Hills very much on show in the background. Hills very much on the, in, the, in the background, exactly. But he did that thing, didn't he, where he did this video, everyone reacted, and then he did the sort of... I was going to say trite apology, but he didn't even apologise. He clearly had just had a call from his agent that said, yeah. fucking reverse this immediately. Yeah. And it was sort of a three-minute waffle fest of him going, oh, it's probably not uh, probably not the right... It uh, doesn't go along with government advice and all that. But I didn't I didn't really know who Ant Middleton was before this. Do now, though, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my sense is that he was he was quite well-liked. He was like, everyone Everyone was into him before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he, he had the sort of uh, the Bear Grylls vibe going on. The, yeah, like well, the Andy McNabb thing where everyone's like... He's cool. Yeah, he's got a sort of uh, yeah, Anthony McNabb, like a sort of um, like a slightly rough Ben Fogel. You know, I I I trust him to walk my Labrador. And now I think he'd try and fucking fight and eat my Labrador. I don't trust that guy at all. But it's amazing how that's it. It's you know you get your one opportunity where your profile pops up, and if you happen to have your dick out as your profile pops up for the rest of the planet, we all think you're just a complete knob. I mean, what an idiot! I mean, that's literally his career over, isn't it? As decided by this podcast officially cancelled Middleton. All the best and Middleton. <laughs> From one person we all hate to today's guest who we all love. Yes, I adore this human being. She is absolutely brilliant. The wonderful actor um, who is incredibly busy doing a West End run as we speak, which is going on into the summer. Um, the star of Upstart Crow, definitely the star of Upstart Crow. Uh, it's the fabulous Helen Monks. Hi, Helen Monks. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Very well. How are you? I'm so good. How are the crowds? Well... They're loving it. We're just leaving the pauses where the audience would normally laugh. But there also isn't the fear of when we used to hear audiences coughing. The theatre cough, right, previously is was once upon a time just when a joke didn't land and you get that sort of awkward sitcom <laughs> moment of the cough. Mm. But that's become really threatening in the last sort of few weeks, hasn't it? Because the cough means, are we going to die? A cough has sort of got the same sense of someone clicking a loaded gun at the back of the room now. It's got the same. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. It was really strange with the with the audiences when we did used to have audiences in the theatre. They slowly throughout the time as coronavirus was getting more kind of in our consciousness, they were much more silent. So if something didn't oh. land, I sometimes felt like they physically weren't there. They weren't 
in front of us and I would sometimes look at the people on stage and be like, not that we were ever having pe- jokes dying, obviously, but if they were ever quieter than some nights, normally you would expect that cough uh, reassuring you that there were still people in the audience, but no, everyone was just sat in deathly silence holding their coughs in. There was a comic uh, years ago who used to do new material nights and he'd write all his material out word for word on his notebook and he'd write in this little star sign for where he was anticipating audience <gasps>, laughs. He'd be on stage. Look, looking down at his pad with his notes and then and then uh, what I reckon he's an Australian guy and then I reckon that what they should do is is actually make women put, put wheels on women's feet and then he'd see like a little star sign and he'd look up <laughs> that's awful that's the worst when I used to do stand up back in the day my key was to not leave any pauses whatsoever so that if people didn't laugh it looked like it was on purpose there wasn't a there wasn't a gap for that so just keep talking so you just did ted talks <laughs> yeah exactly ted talks in a pub can you tell us helen monk seriously though what has it been like because you are it was a major west end production it's on pause is on hiatus or is it coming back it was a really weird night Jeez. it was actually so sad we had mark heap who was in the cast his wife was displaying all the symptoms um on the Sunday night, so on the Monday when just before oh. Boris Johnson made his announcement that the theatres needed to, well, he didn't say the theatres needed to close, he said audiences needed to stop going to the theatres, <laughs> i.e. we don't want to pay the insurance on um, two theatres that will now have to close because there's no audiences. But basically Mark Heap wasn't due to come in that day, so the understudy, Andy, the most amazing actor, had been rehearsing all day expecting to go on as Mark Heap. And then about half an hour before, because Boris Johnson's speech was so late, the announcement got made that the show was going to be cancelled. And actually, it was kind of amazing because then what we did, because we weren't allowed to go to the pub either, we then just opened the bar in the pub and we had a lock-in for well, our In the theatre? In the theatre, oh. yeah. And it was really beautiful because we'd not realised that we, it was going to be our last night and we were going to be saying goodbye. So it was this sort of spontaneous rap party where we all just had a lovely time, tried not to hug each other too much. Oh, wow. Um, sang, uh, what's that song? I'll be seeing you but I don't know when. What's that song? I'll we'll be meet you. again. We'll Vera meet Lynn. again. I'll don't be know seeing when. you. That's the northern version. I'll be seeing you. Don't know when. Not sure. When. Is that actually the song you meant? We'll meet again. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. Uh, yes, it was great. And we had me and Danny, who played my sister in the show, we had the dressing room next to Steve Spears, who's one of my favourite people in the whole world. He's just a brilliant, funny actor and funny person off stage as well. And we'd been pranking him all through the run. Like, the pranks had been getting more and more extreme. So in a way, I was quite glad that it got cancelled before somebody <laughs> took it too far and we all died. But in the last week, what we didn't know was the last week, but what turned out to be the last week, we'd ordered this life-size, measure-for-measure cardboard cutout of him, um, which we'd had specially <laughs> custom-made which um, we left in the wings for when he did one of his last exits. And uh, he actually walked completely past it, even though we put it in his path. <laughs> <laughs> but then we, everyone took to sort of leaving it around the theatre and on the last night we, we left it bang in the centre of the stage to keep the stage warm while we're all gone. And Danny went back in yesterday to collect some of her stuff from the dressing room and Steve's still on the stage having a lovely Aww. time. It is a, yeah. I've seen a photo of it. It's a massive, massive cardboard cutout, isn't it? It's like <laughs> it's massive. Steve's a, a larger-than-life man, and 
<laughs> if anything, it's, yeah. it feels bigger than him. Yeah, no, he stands next to it and he looks tiny in comparison. <laughs> he says it's great. It looks like a before and after Weight Watchers is what he keeps saying. Because it was his West End debut and so he was really gutted that it got cancelled early and he thought, well, this is my first and my last. But now Steve Spears will live on forever. I'm acting like he's going to die. <laughs> Steve Spears will live on forever standing in the middle of a really serious production of The Crucible. <laughs> So talking of Upstart Crow, Helen, we're actually going to hear from uh, David Mitchell on this podcast in just a few minutes as well. Yeah. Some would say... It's a high-end guest on this production. It's like it's been planned really well, but others would say wow. it was a massive coincidence. How <laughs> um, was working with David Mitchell every day? He's just the best person in the world. He's just the best. Everybody's the best. It's you sound really, like such really an actor nice. right now. <laughs> Everyone was so lovely, darling. Everyone was so wonderful. Oh, come on, Rob Rice is a prick. Come on, just say it. <laughs> Look, there was one person who was a prick, and I'm not going to say who it was. In the cast? It was me. Ah. Hey! No, everyone was really nice. But yeah, David Mitchell in particular is just the loveliest person. I genuinely hope there was um, someone that was a prick and we could work it out over the next <laughs> couple of weeks. Yeah, who is it? I feel like everybody's slightly fair game at the moment. I don't know if you saw the Twitter thread about Ellen DeGeneres. We're just like, I feel like because all freelancers are now basically think they're not going to be employed ever again because this is the end of our careers. It feels like all stakes are out the window. So no one's worried about like, oh, don't slag off that person because yeah. they might not employ us again. Someone just took to Twitter and said, Ellen DeGeneres isn't very nice. Share all your stories. And everybody's <laughs> just sharing all their stories no! about how she, I know, yeah, I got in such a Twitter hole last night oh and I don't God. want to believe any of it, but it all sounds really plausible. Oh. It's so sad. Oh, that's um, such a shame. I really liked her because she seems so nice. We've got one of those, Dave, haven't we? Someone we've worked with who everyone's like when we explain that they're not very nice everyone's absolutely shocked we're absolutely not going to say it now oh my god who is it you have to this is what coronavirus does it makes it all fair game we can't possibly oh, unless unless dangling. unless steve our producer will promise to bleep it out he gave a thumbs up go on guys i mean <gasps> oh no Guys, you've got to do a Twitter thread. No, we can't. No we way. couldn't possibly. That's outrageous gossip. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell everybody. There's absolutely bound to be a thread about <gasps> as well. <gasps> Stop mm -hmm. it. Can we do some content we can actually use? <laughs> so this is a question, Helen, that we uh, are gonna be asking every day on this podcast. What would you have been doing? What are you now not doing today? What was in your diary for today? Was it just the show? So, do you know what I'd have been doing is sitting in my pyjamas. So actually, it's quite a nice way of looking at it is thinking, oh, I've not gone out the house today. That's weird. And then remembering, oh, maybe I wouldn't have gone out the house anyway. So that's okay. And not thinking about it as like, a, oh, this is now nine months of our lives. A lot of my friends, and you probably had the same thing, are they're losing their minds over this prospect. The people that go to offices every day and the people that do this and then they go to the gym after work every day and they just have these lives that have stuff in them. And I've really just spent the last three days. It's just been like an average week, really, just sort of sitting at home. I've noticed no difference at all. My kids no. are around a bit more than they usually are. And my wife seems a tiny bit more stressed. And there's there's not enough room to move around the house for bog roll. But apart from that, everything feels the same, you know. I don't feel any difference at all. The things as well, there's loads of silver linings. Like my gym membership has now been officially paused and I'm getting I'm frozen and I'm getting money per month. But like 
I'm not having to pay anymore. And it's so nice because I never go to the gym and I just pay. You're being paid to get fat. Yeah. And I've been sort of telling myself that I'm going to cancel it. But then I've been sort of saying, well, eventually I will start going again. So I shouldn't. And now the gym has just made the decision for me. Don't come to the gym. Just sit at home. It's great. Something else which I find fascinating, Helen, uh, which we'll get a lot of over the course of this podcast, is everyone's different domestic setups. So tell us, who are you with? Um, how do you get on? Mm-hmm. How much space have you got between you? When are you going to start murdering each other? <laughs> so we are in a three-bedroom flat, and there's four of us, because I also live with my boyfriend in my room. And then there's Mary and Lauren, who are honestly the two loveliest people in the entire world so I'm so lucky but Lauren is from New Zealand and her government were like come home so yesterday she packed all of her stuff and she left so uh, she's gone really devastated she's gone she suddenly you know she's really like made a life for herself here for two years she was saying it's great for xenophobes like all of the people are being told to go back to their country by their own government so she's packed Mm, and she's mm. left there's going to be a lot of racists walking up and down the street coughing in the faces of foreigners (laughs) it's so true so out of mary and your boyfriend who's who's gonna kill first oh that's a really good question i think i think it's more about who is the most likely to be killed who are we going to turn on so mary is a very highly active person who has a job where she goes to an office and she leaves the house normally at about 6 30 a.m and she goes for runs and she goes to her netball team and she goes to the bars in the evening so i think she is going to be find it the hardest to adjust because what day are we on day six or seven yeah still single figures certainly she's found it a big old shift whereas matt is a fellow freelancer so he's been mostly just doing what he'd normally do (laughs) working from bed it's been it's been guys can i just show you one of the absolute joys of working from home this this happened in the pilot as well when we made the trailer don't wank in front of us that's sorry that's sorry that's not this this podcast that's a different thing what are you holding up my wife has just walked in the room and handed me a toast with some egg uh, baked beans with sausages in and hash motherfucking browns oh i got some of those yesterday some hash browns out of 10 mate rate your lunch out of 10 i'm this is this is one of my favorite lunches this is right up there this is an eight better than the last one on the on the pilot we did on the pilot she gave me couscous and avocado that can absolutely do one that was like a three but i wouldn't tell her that so do you regularly eat during recordings is this like a standard well this is only the second one we've ever done so uh, but so far Tom has important thing I don't eat Tom has eaten uh, in 100% of the episodes of this podcast (laughs) so far also I've just seen that Tom has changed his name on our Zoom conference call to Ant Middleton (laughs) (laughs) which is amazing also guys I have no I thought that Ant Middleton was Ant from Ant and Deck until I literally just googled it before calling you guys I was like oh no what's Ant from Ant and Deck done Basically, being called Ant is not a great name. Although he's completely fine now. Ant and, De- Ant and Deck is fine now. He's clean. He's clean. He's clean. Mate, I'm so yeah. jealous of that breakfast. It's making me really hungry. Have so you guys good. found that you're taking so much pleasure in the sort of smaller things in life, like what you have for breakfast, what yes. you have for lunch? How many meals a day dinner? are you having? Because I'm having about seven. And regular snacks. And I've been making cornflake cakes, Ooh. sort of aperitifs. Have you? Right. What have you been making? Well, I've been making little... I've to- made a piece of toast and then I cut it up into little pieces of toast and then I put oil on it. Fried bread, basically. No, no, no. Just toast it and then put the oil and maybe a little bit of balsamic vinegar on that bad boy. Wow. Mm. God, I'm, still, I'm glad you're still having a lovely lunch. 
That's the most important thing, isn't it? I may be out of work, darling, but I'm still eating like I'm an absolute <laughs> West End Wendy. Wonderful stuff. Until the food runs out. I know. I do hope I do hope we all get paid again at some point for doing something. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it, guys? Dream oh on, dear. Dream um let's uh, let's hear from David Mitchell, shall we? We've promised it, so we might as well we might as well <gasps> oh, have a little Yes. Have a little you've you've got excited there, Helen, as if he's gonna join us on the conference call. Alas, it's already been recorded. Sorry, so you'll have I to, love him. Also, Helen, you have just spent several weeks doing a West End show with him. For God's sake, share David Mitchell out. This is a a podcast from the whole Great Big Owl family, basically. So uh, in the spirit of this, Jason and Joel from one of our podcasts, Rule of Three, uh, spoke to David Mitchell earlier and uh, basically just talked about being isolated. So a bit of David Mitchell and also uh, the writer John Dryden-Taylor is in this conversation. That's the other voice. So here you are, David Mitchell, John Dryden-Taylor, Jason and Joel from Rule of Three. Take it away. Did anyone wash their hands at all as a child? It was like drinking water. It was a thing I didn't do as a kid. <laughs> no, I, 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 as soon as I was told about germs, then basically there went the dermis of my hands. I've been washing them <laughs> obsessively ever since. Um, That's the and worst even thing about more it's just, so it's in the current. It proves you right. <laughs> well, yes, I, sp- I suppose so. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't yet got the current coronavirus, but I'm, I could still get it. It's not a cure, is it, washing your hands? I was working in a production company last Last week and uh, and the guys there were basically uh, when I went to the loo every time there were people who were like 10 15 20 years younger than me who were really getting competitive about how they were hand washing they were really going between the fingers and really doing the thumbs oh, God. it become a performance yeah. it was really quite mesmerizing and you had to queue for the sinks to wash your hands what- properly they need to do it's like two people doing a rather disgusting piece of contemporary dance and really <laughs> really getting their groins together there, just <laughs> right between all of the limbs. Like, like the amazing. people who can't see David's hands at the moment are very, very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's very erotic. I, I said this on Twitter, but um, it's extraordinary to have loads of tiny little anxieties removed, but replaced with one fucking massive one. It, it's, um, I, I, I described it as like a, um, a payday loan for your mental health, because it's... <laughs> The things I was worrying about two weeks ago seemed so ridiculous yeah. when put against, will I have enough to eat and will all my family die? Yeah, I, I sometimes feel a sort of a, a nostalgia for fears you don't feel anymore. And they remind Vintage you. Threats. Well, yeah, they remind you that, that the that, fears that you. Can, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, yeah, they remind you on some level. You sort of think, well, the things I'm worried about now might just go away. And uh, you know, at the moment, as we're, you know, we're all very worried about something very specific, and you know, having to remain indoors. I quite think, oh no, we used to be worried about nuclear war. I'm not worried about nuclear war now. I'm worried about. I'll uh, be indoors. Yeah, I'll be indoors, <laughs> and I'm worried about a virus and consequent society breakdown so that makes a change and in, in 2008 we were worried about the complete cessation of uh, of currency as a system you know and that could happen as a side effect of the virus crisis but it doesn't seem as likely as it did in 2008 so you know that makes a change and you know a few months ago we were worried about a no deal brexit meaning suddenly there'd be no antibiotics or food coming into the country and i'm not worried about that in the way i was then so that makes a change and i think that genuinely something that that brings me some comfort in this unknown time of fear is knowing what i'm one thing we can be sure of at some point in the future we won't be shit scared about this we'll be shit scared about 
something else instead. That's brilliant. And, you know, <laughs> there might even Can be I, an I, intervening period of feeling oh. relatively okay. <laughs> so yeah. There you go, the brilliant David Mitchell there talking to Jason and Joel from Rule of Three, which is, of course, one of our podcasts here at Great Big Owl. Uh, just search for Great Big Owl uh, in your podcast app uh, and you will find Rule of Three and much more besides, including Bitchin', which is a wonderful podcast yeah. made by Helen Monks, who's still here with us on Cabin Fever. Hiya, Helen. Hi, that's me talking. And actually, can I highly recommend we did... Oh, actually, no, it's it, we recorded it in a cafe, so the sound quality is really bad. But we did a special episode on Tim Martin, you know, the Weatherspoons man. Obviously, oh, yeah. before, before all of this, and he decided that pubs should be open, even though they spread diseases... But actually, don't listen to that one. Listen to the one of the most recent ones because they're when we start knowing what we're doing. Who were your um, Who were your recent ones? Then you've done the Pope recently, haven't you? Oh, we did the Pope. We have Britney Spears, Darren Brown, which is one of my personal favourite ones because we mostly just it's called bitching, but it's more like we like to dissect the kind of inner workings of people. We try to be nice. Well, we don't try to be nice, but we we don't just slag people off basically. And Darren Brown, we just talk about how great he is for half an hour. <laughs> Everyone loves Darren Brown, mate. Until he makes a video, he's going to totally add Middleton this at some point. <laughs> just you wait. That's really nice. So it's it's like a sort of a funeral tribute, as if he's not died, but as if he has died, and you're standing in front of his family and saying Darren was really nice. <laughs> That's a really nice way of, of describing the podcast in general. It's like an obituary before people have died. <laughs> obituary. Yeah, obituary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I always think that. I always think, not that I'm a celebrity, but I'd always like to know what people would say at my funeral. So I sometimes no, ask No, you wouldn't, friends, mate. Like, Seriously, you don't want to know. It's not nice. <gasps> it's not good. It's not good. Well, you're no, not seriously. invited to my funeral. You're going to be on a list. Well, of course not, because we're going to die in the same car crash. Should we move on? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, let's. Hi, I'm Hannah Norris, and this is my husband, Carl Donnelly. And we have a new podcast for you. It's called The Keith Cheggers Podcast, and it's about pregnancy because that is what's happening in our lives right now. And inside your belly. Yeah, so we are recording weekly episodes throughout the course of my pregnancy, talking to each other and interesting and funny guests that we have on about their experiences with the pregnancy so we can work out a bit more about what the hell is happening and what is coming up for us. So tune in, subscribe, and have a listen to the Keith Cheggers podcast. Bye. Bye. Great Big Owl. 
So, yeah, as you heard at the start of the podcast, we've got a very inconveniently long Twitter handle because Tom doesn't understand the internet. Um, but uh, over the course of the coming days, weeks, months, years, however long we're in this, uh, that will be the point, the, the the portal through which you can contact us. And we basically just want to, you know, we just want we, we want we want someone to talk to. So this is basically why we're doing this yeah. podcast, so we can talk to each other. We'd like to talk to you too, please. Uh, so the things that we started talking about very briefly on the pilot, but we shall, I think, let's roll over into episode one. Um, we talked about shit home gyms during isolation because our producer Steve has a single dumbbell by his left foot that he occasionally picks up. Here he goes now. He's been he's been absolutely pumping it now. What, <laughs> there it Steve? Is. It's a single eight kilogrammer. Really good. Uh, and uh, the other thing we talked about is um, weird shit you're watching, what you binge watching during isolation. Because my flatmate Cornelius has been binge watching the Bill on YouTube <gasps> from the start. No, no, so. no, you got to talk to my flatmate Mary about this because she's part of the Save the Bill appreciation <laughs> group who are what? trying to get the bill to come back. She's obsessed. And we were watching Noughts and Crosses last night and there was a person in it and she was like, oh my God, it's that policeman from the bill. <laughs> like, whoever says that when they're watching something? Well, nobody, because nobody in nerd. the bill has ever been cast again in anything else. <laughs> We've got to get um, we've got to get Mary and Cornelius on the same Zoom call, and we'll record them having a really in like really detailed like a book group, but about the bill. Let's do that. You say that, but I really, really don't want to encourage her to start watching the bill again because I have to then watch the bill again, and she already watches enough of the bill. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So on, so on tomorrow's episode, we already planned to get Cornelius on to tell us what's been happening in the bill this week. So can you see if, <laughs> see if Mary's around tomorrow? Okay, you don't know what you're starting here, guys, but all right. What do you mean? The whole point of this podcast is to see if Mary's around. Mate, let me just have a quick look at Mary's schedule. I don't even know her. She's around. <laughs> she's 100% going to be around, and she's definitely going to be up for talking about the bill. Great. I've got a oh, bill God. special tomorrow, then. What, have you got any? Have you got, a, have you got a terrible home gym or anything, Helen Monks? Are you working out? What's... Oh, dear. Listen, so I've made my own dung bell out of dung a plastic... Bell? <laughs> What's a dung bell? What do you mean? You say dung bell. Steve's got a dung bell. Spell it out for me. What do you me? mean? D. I'm, I'm now realising that I've been saying this wrong my entire life. D U N G L. And explain why where you think the etymology of dung bells came from. Oh wow, that's wonderful. I've not thought that deeply about it. It's just a big dung. Back in medieval times, farmers used to pick up sacks of dung from the fields and curl <laughs> bicep curl them. So what is it called? A dumb a dumbbell? Yeah, it's a dumbbell. And what's know. the dumb about? Well, people who don't know which words to say in the right situation. <laughs> So I've made my own personal dung bell out of um, a big a plastic bag. I saw I saw this on I think it was the Guardian. You you put loads of rice and pasta in a in a plastic bag to weigh it down, and then you do lifts with it. But I've then been needing to cook the rice and pasta, so it, every day it's actually getting lighter. Rather than so you're heavier. getting you're getting heavier, and the dumbbell's getting lighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going the opposite way. Also, I've realised I don't like lifting things at all, so. I've kind of mostly just been carrying around a bag of, of pasta and 
rice and then putting it down yeah i've got i've got a plan for this i've got a plan for this i'm just going to put on loads and loads of weight and then run around the house because i'll be carrying loads of weight so i'll have a sort of oh, weight pack on me good idea yeah so what, in that's fact when i'm eating constantly that's me just getting ready for some serious weight loss that's such a good idea also i tried to buy a yoga mat from argos but they were sold out obviously because everyone's doing the same thing so i've just been using my duvet but the problem with lying on your duvet is then you end up just having a nap <laughs> <laughs> So comfy. I'll just do press-ups on this pillow. Mm. As I understand it, your workout routine is having a lie on your duvet whilst cradling a bag of pasta. Yeah, that is pretty much it. Great. That is pretty much it. Okay, well, if you can beat that, do uh, get in touch with us on the old Twitter. Hey, hey, what's the what's the Twitter handle, guys? Goes a bit like this, I reckon. Cabin FE83709. Oh, 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 Cabin FE83709. Oh, 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 Cabin FE83709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. Have you got a home gym, Dave Cripp? Have you got any kit? Uh, no, so I, ugh, annoyingly, we have a little gym in our building, which is now obviously closed. So I've always oh, yeah. been very smug about the fact that I've got a gym in my building and now nothing, mate. Absolutely nothing. I've got two yoga mats, though, mate, if you want one. <gasps> Oh my god, has it got coronavirus on it though? I mean, yeah, 90% of it. I mean, this is something we should talk about at some point because I've almost definitely got coronavirus because... Have yes, you? we do need to talk about this. Go on, tell us what's happened, Dave. Well, the short story is, and I talked about this briefly in the pilot, I went on what turned out to... I went on a seven-day skiing trip, which actually turned out to be a one-day walking trip because I went for a walk nice. in the Alps um, and then had to imme- immediately come home because of <laughs> coronavirus. Um, but one of my friends... Uh, has since developed symptoms and basically I think had full on corona because he's been no. he's been ill for three or four days and he was with me and I can't even say we responsibly social distanced because it was just before all this was kicking off so I mean we literally shared a hot tub so I've definitely oh got, mate I've definitely did you kiss got, definitely oh got you've got it mate you've got it how do you feel then are you worried are you sort of nervous about it can you feel it bubbling up no it's been like six days since he started feeling the symptoms and i've got nothing so i'm hoping i'm one of those lucky little pricks that just sort of gets it and doesn't show any symptoms yeah like idris elba you and idris elba in a hot tub sorry my, my brain went somewhere else <laughs> stick that on the Gilgood. that's gonna sell out steve spears <laughs> in the middle <laughs> you got don't get him wet though he's only made of cardboard um, Mary, who you're going to talk to about the bill, went to a wedding last week before all the weddings were cancelled. And there was a man there who'd been tested for coronavirus, but was pretty sure he was fine. He didn't tell anyone this. And then at the wedding, got a text saying your results have come back positive. So he got up what? and left. But again, didn't tell anybody why. The person next to him then carried on. He'd left half his pudding. So with his spoon, ate all of his pudding. <laughs> and so now everyone from the wedding, obviously, is having to self-isolate. What a noob. That's so British. That's akin to getting a text in the middle of sex saying your STD results have come back and you've got chlamydia. <laughs> and it's like, just wait another day. Just wait another but day. Can I just say, I would, if that was me, I would totally finish the pudding. I would totally finish the pudding. I'd be like, mm, just get that. Mm, delicious. Right, got to go. Got corona. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Lovely cheesecake. Come on, a wedding cheesecake's the best in the world. You are not invited to my wedding. Because we're going to die in the same car crash, so of course not. Oh, yeah, forgot. Helen Monks, that's 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 about it from you. Thanks so much for coming oh, on thanks, Cabin Fever. Guys. I'm, it's been so nice to have someone to talk to. Do you want to come on the podcast every Monday? Yeah, sure. I've got nothing else going on other than cradling my bag of rice. So Monday Monk's and Day, eat- we'll call it. Monday Monk's Day. I'll see you there. Helen, Helen Monk's Day next week. Helen uh, Monk's Thanks, mate. Goodbye. All the best. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye, Helen Monk's. Enjoy. Bye now. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, love you. Bye. Bye, bye love you. Who was she? Um, 
Don't know, I've never heard of her. We're going to wrap it up. What's our question, Dave Cribb? That was a wonderful Helen Monks um, on Cabin Fever. Uh, Dave, what is the plan? What's our, what are we going to talk about now? What are we going to tweet about? And we want people to get in touch with the show to talk about, please. Can we? Well, I think tomorrow is going to be very bill heavy. Basically, we're going to have some experts on the podcast tomorrow that love the bill and know a lot about the bill. So, any questions about the bill, our experts will yeah. be on hand to take your calls. Uh, and when we say calls, That's we brilliant. mean tweets and sort of take calls. We mean sort of respond within 24 to 36 hours, depending when you listen to the podcast. So, uh, tomorrow on our second ever full episode, we're going to dedicate the whole episode to talking about the bill. <laughs> what have you always wanted to know about the bill? I feel like it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we should be able to get someone that was actually in the bill on this fucking podcast because they're all Let's get Reg sat on, mate. at home. Reg, Reg Hollis. That's the first one I thought of, Reg Hollis, or Tony Stamp. They'd be my two. They'd be my, my two go-tos. Or June. June off of LaRue's mum. LaRue's mum! Let's get, let's get, let's get Mummy LaRue on. I've, I reckon it's been a while since LaRue's mum was the, the sort of guest people wanted over LaRue, so I'm thrilled to... To try and get Sergeant... What's her name? June something. Anyway, there you go. Uh, tomorrow's episode's all about the bill. Any questions uh, you want answered about the bill, we have our experts ready. Tweet us uh, at the jingle, which is going to play us out now. Cabin FE83709. Oh, 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 Cabin FE83709. Oh, 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 Cabin FE83709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. Great big owl.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.